Hello, everybody. I'm Eddie Braun, professional stuntman, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Then Is Now with Rigor. Warning, warning. Today's episode contains spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie or TV show that we are talking about, we highly recommend that you watch it first, then listen to this episode. Thank you. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. Hello and welcome to Then Is Now Podcast's yearly event, 13 Days of Hallowtober. In this 2023 edition, our topic is werewolves and werewolf movies. Joining me today again, of course, is Michael and the Prince Regent of Electronic Dance Music, Dantes Alexander. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. good. Feeling good, feeling fine. What is that little digital beepy sound that we keep Oh, hearing? you know what? I'll mute that. That's my lightning strike detector. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when you're trying to bring Frankenstein to life, you'll know when it's coming? What are you Rigor. Say what? How are you doing, Rigor? I'm doing well. Doing well. Crazy as all hell. I got up at four this morning. And I usually get up at three, so I slept in. <laughs> Over there. I want to make sure you're not doing anything to bring them back. Who? The zombies? Yes. He <laughs> <laughs> probably would. <laughs> I mean, Roger, just out of curiosity. What would happen if I did this? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god so actually i will say this uh, at this point it's going to be old news by the time this episode airs but i thought um i i just got i didn't get promoted at work i but i got new duties added to it so right now i'm a soap opera news writer but also now the lady that does the soap opera pitches which is basically they find out like so-and-so is leaving days of our lives for example um, the, she'll post it as a pitch with a source link and then the edi- the editor may change the title or whatever and then she'll put it in the up for grabs column in this this web page that we use to pick up articles from and so now that's my new job now is every morning as I just started it on Friday uh, which was actually Friday the 13th of October um, yes. uh, and we're not going to see another October Friday the 13th for six years by the way uh, oh. if anyone cares but I um. Uh, so that's my job now is I get up and I, 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 you know, look through the news of what's been going on in soaps. And if anything interesting pops up, I create an article pitch out of it. And then the editor will take it from there and, you know, put it into the queue. So is there any more money in it? 
No, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, hope the lady that used to do it was saying that it that's how she started, and then it led to her doing other stuff. So uh, ah. eventually, hopefully, something will happen. But ah. I, I like it because it gives me a little bit more control over things because I have the option I can attach my name to it if if there's in a particular article topic that i go oh i want to write that one i don't have to fight other writers for it or you know hope that no one grabs it before me i can just attach my name to it and i'm good to go so sweet i was about to sing a piece of the the uh, uh monkeys song stepping stone because you said it could lead to other things one dante's the other singer here you sing it oh no he's no. probably he's probably cringing because we're you know. saying just slightly <laughs> oh my god all right, folks. So our film this episode is called Dog Soldiers. It's from 2002, and it starts. It stars Sean Pertwee and Kevin McKidd. Those things out there are real. If they're real, what else is real? You may never get another night's sleep as long as you live. Now, as of this moment, as far as we're concerned, we are 50k behind enemy lines. Now, expect nothing less than gratuitous violence from the lot of you. Every year, more and more people come through here. Every once in a while, they don't come back. Captain? You've got to get me out of here. Looks like they got hit hard and fast. Every magazine is full. From here on in, the exercise is over. Exactly what is it we're fighting against? Lycanthropes. That's werewolves to you and me. You came here because of them, right? This was supposed to be a routine training exercise, and that's all. Yeah, we can survive all not running and hiding. Salvage whatever weapons you can find and stand to. Shut down the generator. Why would they do that? Because they can see in the dark. And you're afraid of it. Sorry, little red riding hood should shark with a bazooka and a bad attitude. I expect you to tin the bitch. You're bloody loving this, aren't you? Terry, where you at? Stick the kettle on. Could all do with the blue. During a routine nighttime training mission in the Scottish Highlands, a small squad of British soldiers expected to rendezvous with a special ops unit instead find a bloody massacre with a sole survivor. The savage attackers of the special ops team return and the men are rescued by Megan, a zoologist who identifies what hunts them as werewolves. Without transport or communications, the group is forced to retreat to a farmhouse to wait for the full moon to disappear at dawn. So first impressions and when did you first see this? Michael, you go. Um, I have seen it before. I saw it. Shit, I don't know. I don't know when I saw it, but I saw it. I, I would venture to guess whenever the hell it came out or within the five years of when when was it released 2002 okay i don't think i saw it right when it came out but i think maybe we we may have rented it or something i, I think i watched it with you um i remember liking it <clears throat> i think the 
I think it's it, it's a it's a, it's a little bit inspired by Predator Pred, Predator, especially the the beginning part, the first half of the movie. I think is is a little reminiscent of Predator, but not in a bad way. Not like oh they ripped it off. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I liked the actors, and I liked yeah. I, I remember liking it. I'll go into detail later, but I, I remember liking it. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I don't know if it got a, a U.S. release here. It's been in a couple of film festivals, but I don't know if it got a theatrical release. But Dantes, when did you first see this? You know, we are now up against live hostile targets. So if Little Red Riding Hood should show up with the bazooka, I expect you to chin the bitch. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> one of my um, from the movie. This was my first time seeing this movie, and I have to say thank you for putting me on. I really do, because this feels like a cult classic. I don't know if I have the power to judge something to be a cult classic, but it feels like it is a cult classic because it kicks ass. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> does. I, I, I think we saw it when it first came out on video. Like I said, I don't think it got a theatrical release. Um, I don't really remember when I first saw it, but I remember really enjoying it. Um, I, I liked it so much, I bought the DVD. So um, I had a DVD. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't. I've probably only watched it maybe once or twice over the years. And for some reason, I don't know what it is about this movie. I always tend to forget it, or have a hard time remembering it. And it's like, and if like I said, I've seen it a couple of times since the first time. Um, I just remember guns and werewolves. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I always like it when I watch it. And I'm like, why can't I recall anything from this movie? So. That's, that's what they should retitle it, like Beasties and Bullets or something. Beasties and Bullets. <laughs> Actually, for the movie was like, a, I remember looking at the preview when Rigor told me, yeah, we're going to be doing this movie. And I remember looking at like the old preview on uh, YouTube, and I think it was like a bitch of a werewolf movie. <laughs> <laughs> a bitch of a werewolf movie. That's hilarious. It's like so bitching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I... I really enjoyed it. I really did. It sort of actually reminded me of Boondock Saints. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like, I mean, and I think the reason why, maybe why it, it sort of gets for, forgotten is because that, like in 2002, there was so much, like, I, so much werewolf stuff going on. Like you had like your buffet of stuff, you know. <laughs> In 2002, but it definitely stands, at least for me now, in like my werewolf canon. I appreciated this because this was more underworld than underworld could have been. But I, I, I will. That's all I will say for now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's talk about. Um, well, Neil Marshall. This is his directorial debut. He both wrote and directed this. Um, he originally wrote the first draft in 96 and it took him six years to sort of refine the script and get the financing. Um, but he basically what he wanted it, he wanted the focus to be on the soldiers with the creatures being an enemy that just happens to be werewolves. Um, and he, he made a concerted effort to avoid cliches about werewolves, the curses, you know, how, uh, you know, moaning and groaning the, about being a werewolf, that kind of thing that we'd seen the tropes that had been exhausted in films and that he wanted to just kind of do something fresh. And I think that comes across in this movie. It's very different from any of the other werewolf yeah, movies we've yeah. covered. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And of course we've got Sean Pertwee as the main character, Sergeant Harry Wells. He's not quite the main character. I'd say the other guy is, I'll get into him in a second, but 
Um, folks who are Doctor Who fans will know that he's the son of John Pertwee, the third Doctor. Oh. And, yeah, here, he's really good in this. And he's one of those faces that you've seen in other things and just can't ever remember what it is. Right, right. Yeah, he's really good in this. Um, and then uh, I always thought he was in Diary of the Dead, but he's not. There's another British guy in that. As I looked it up, I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't he in uh, Romero's Diary of the Dead? Which, by the way, total tangent here, but um, and I'm, I don't know if we three of us have talked about it before, but I hate found footage films, but Diary of the Dead is like a well-done example of how a found footage film should be done because Romero knows when to put the camera down, when to use a, a static camera that's on a wall, you know, it's not shaky cam from beginning to end. And I end up throwing up three times through the film, you know, <laughs> like you did with Blair Witch, Blair Witch and Cloverfield. Oh yeah. What Dante's? Sorry, I didn't. What 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 film are you talking about? Um, it's called Diary of the Dead. It's the like uh, fifth George Romero zombie film. Oh, he made another one. Yeah, he made after um, Day of the Dead. He did Night, Dawn, and Day, and then he came back with Land of the Dead with Simon Baker in, I think, 2000, somewhere around there, and the guy that plays the mentalist on TV, or he did. And then he did Diary of the Dead and um, uh, Survival of the Dead was the third one. So, anyways, getting back to werewolf movies here, we've also got Kevin the Kid <laughs> as Private Cooper, who I actually, I think he's sort of the main character in this. Is it's kind of his journey, um, and I totally recognized him from the show Journeyman from two thousand seven. I don't know if you guys remember that show. Uh, he played this journalist that ended up traveling through time, and it was fucking up his relationship with his wife because he would just disappear and then come back and she had no idea what he was doing. And it was, it was a really entertaining show. It was, it wasn't a comedy. It was sort of a, a quantum leap kind of, kind of thing. But I guess he's been on Grey's Anatomy since 2008, which I never watched that show. Um, But I liked him here. He's the one I, and I had to go back and look, he's the one at the beginning that refused to shoot the dog. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get it until they said it later on. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just run through here to get it's got a couple more people here. We've got Emma Cleesby who played Megan. Uh, she wasn't in many things, so I thought she was super cute here. Um, yeah. and then of course, Liam Cunningham played Captain Richard Ryan. He's got that face, he looked like Malfoy's dad from the Harry Potter films. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Can't think of that yeah. actor's name, but he was also the villain in um, pa- um, The Patriot, Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Oh, right, yes, yeah. he was. <clears throat> so he kind of looks right. Like, they do look similar. He was Davos Seaworth on Game of Thrones. I know, Mike, you said you've watched that. Yes, yes, I have. Um, and I remember recognizing yeah, uh, him from when I was watching Dog Soldiers this time. I was like, oh, he was on Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. He's also in one I haven't seen that's relatively new, Last Voyage of the Demeter, which I'm dying to watch. Oh, I want to watch that too. Yeah. I want to So... And so the yeah, so the film opens up um, with him basically trying to force Private Cooper to killing this dog for like no reason. And Cooper's like, "I'm not against killing a dog if I have to." He goes, "But I'm not going to kill that one for no reason," you know. Yeah. So he kicks him out, and um, ends up they end up reconnecting at a later point. And there's an explanation later in the film why uh, they end up reconnecting again. Uh, but I want to say I, I watched this on Hulu, and. I liked the film grain. It had scratches at certain points. Um, and I guess that was, that's 
for some reason they had trouble getting it to Blu-ray or getting the actual original print. I think now that there's a cleaned up version that's on Blu-ray, but I think that the film scratches and the grain adds to the, the charm of the film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so too, because it, now that you say that, Rigor, it, it, it sort of gives, like you said, I hate to agree with you, but it does give George A. Romero uh, totally. And I think that just gives that, that extra charm to it totally. Yeah. That's how I feel about most of the movies that were made in the 70s. It's like they look like a film. Right. You know, it's not when things are too cleaned up and perfected. It's like, eh, okay, it's nice, but it doesn't have that same grit and like realism. And I don't know. Right. Do we have to see every zit and divot in a person's face? You know? Right. <laughs> and you know what's another thing while we're on like including too much shit in movies? Every single time I watch a movie now where a character has to puke, they have to show the person puking. I know. I know. I'm like, can't we go back to the days where the person puked off screen or at least like we're looking at their back? I don't need to see every bit of puke that comes out of their mouth. Right. And if the character is sitting there eating while they're talking, I don't need to hear every little sound they make while they're eating. Can we just like turn that down a little and just have them talk? Right. I don't know. Anyways, pet peeves. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) But this this movie for me was also really refreshing, too, because, you know, the only woman, Emma, uh, I believe she played Megan. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to not have a final girl scenario in this film because I was really sort of expecting that. Um, she wasn't weak at all. Um, like I said, this I, I always hate to compare things, you know, and, and that's why I said this was yeah. a more, it's part uh, of the process. Yeah. I know, but I, I just, I hate it because I haven't seen her in anything actually in a while. Uh, Emma, I think her name's Emma Cleesby. Cleesby, right? yeah. Gal who played Megan. Yeah. Uh, she was in mostly British stuff. Oh, well, that's probably why. Because, you know, we don't get access to all of that stuff here. Um, but I really enjoyed the fact that it wasn't like, you know, a final girl scenario and that, you know, she was actually, uh, you know, leading everybody, you know, to this remote space. And it's refreshing. And I think we said that again about American Werewolf in London, where uh, we see, usually we see like these really clean cut presentations of what European society is. So it's always good when you get to see something outside of, you know, London, like here we are again, you know, smack dab, you know, in in you know Scotland in the woods, and that actually makes me think of like the Hound of Baskervilles as well. Do you guys remember that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like I totally like loved all of it. I was there for all of it. Um, the only thing that I think probably could have been better was that they delayed you know following up with sequels. You know, but I love it, and I like I said, I, I just was so happy it wasn't like a final girl thing. Cause as soon as I saw her, I was like, okay. Uh, you know, final girls usually happen in movies where they're like a bunch of co-eds getting killed or something like, I don't know for this, because there was a troop of soldiers in this. I, I didn't expect, I never expected her to be like the last one because I was like, well, I, she came in like halfway through the movie and most of the movie was about the soldiers. So I said, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I didn't, it didn't, like if it was more of a scream style movie, I'd be like, okay, there's going to be a final girl, you know. But more of a this, slasher film than the, yeah. Than and this one, I didn't really. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, cool. 
And uh, folks, I didn't mention it here, but there always is a, a spoiler alert at the beginning of the show. We're probably going to end up spoiling this movie, especially considering it's 20 years old or oh. older, 21 <laughs> years old, um, which I can't couldn't believe. I was like, yeah, 2002. And to me, that's like yesterday. And I was like, oh, shit, that's like I know, 20 me too. years. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like that, too, man. What's going on? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's funny. I, my I, grandson is six years old, and he kind of noted the other day that the weeks seem to be going by faster for him. I'm like, well, the older you get, the faster time goes. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. Uh -huh. I, I, so many of my students now are teenagers. Not all of them, but they're like between like 16 and 24, most of them. Some some are older. But, man, wow. I keep every time I go to make a cultural reference, I'm like, oh, well, you guys don't know what the hell I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> And once in a while, I'll I'll ask like how many how many of you guys have seen you know, ba -da, da 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 whatever it is, and then I'll be surprised when like some of them know they know like a song or a movie or something from way back, and I'm like oh dear thank you thank God <laughs> thank God somebody remembers this stuff you know? yeah yeah that, my kids did that and all through high school they always got the teachers references because of me you know because <laughs> I exposed yeah. them to all all this stuff and that's what this show is about is helping people expose young people to cool stuff that they missed out on that's right and um, and this is another one of those you know properties i think that a lot of people actually just missed out on because in 2002 like when i think of all of the movies in the same genre i mean there was so much going on and this little indie film actually outshone all of them like even even um Resident Evil, you know, I think I forgot which version that was that came out around the same time. This was, you know, very, very, very low budget, but it accomplished so much because all of the actors were very good in this film. And like, and I had no idea he was, um, gosh, what is his name? Pertwee? Um, uh, Sean Pertwee. Sean. Yeah, I had no idea that he, he was related to... Um, God, guys, I need to get some coffee. Bear with me. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just looking at the list of movie horror movies in 2002. Yeah, there's, there's a, quite a few. Yeah, I mean, it was, that was a, I mean, it, it was a really, man, competition was tough back then because I feel like everybody was like, oh, you know, you know, those movies back then were really focused on, you know, effect CGI driven because we were just getting into all of that. And this movie was just solely good fucking acting. Can I say that? Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, and I generally get bored when I hear. Hey, hey, don't say fucking shit like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can say fuck anytime you want. I mean, I generally do. Like when I when I watch, you know, films where. You know, there are British leads. I get bored very quickly. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, it's, you know, you just hear the voice and you're like, oh, God, why couldn't they find some American to narrate this? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, but this made it. It made it so enjoyable because everybody was very, very good. You know, all of yeah. the actors were very good. Um even the uh, effects, I think the effects were were really, really good, too. And they didn't really focus so much on the effects in this movie as as opposed to the when, why and how, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. And it's funny too, when you look at the design of these werewolves, every time, like, I, I don't know if you guys watch the, um, the show secret of skinwalker ranch, which is actually a, a it's, it's a real world show. It's, I don't hate, I hate to use the term reality show. Cause that'll make it sound like it's a piece of shit, but it's basically these scientists are investigating a place in Utah called skinwalker ranch. And whenever I hear the word skinwalker, I picture these werewolves in my head, you know, cause uh, they, they pretty yes. much only have hair on their heads. The rest of their yeah. body is like, like, I don't know if they fell into a vat of nair or what happened, but. Ah. <laughs> well, I mean, mm, oh, mm. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think the, I don't know, but like I said, when I, when I see this, you know, design of, of this particular werewolf, it sort of keeps in line with what was actually going on at the time. You know, if you look at, you know, some of the, um, under underworld uh, uh werewolf variations from that time period some of those guys some of those creatures look like they went through near near too yeah <laughs> but I, I i think it just keeps in line with you know the hound of baskervilles you know and i think i just see and feel maybe you know like neil wanted to pay homage to that tale you know and keep uh, the wolf in a more natural looking dog state, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what it makes me think of too is Ghostbusters 2, where Bill Murray is hosting the show and he goes, Next on our show, hairless pets. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are weird, though. Yeah. A friend of mine has a, a hairless snake. Can you believe it? I didn't know snakes had hair. Yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being weird. <laughs> Hairless snake. That's funny. Oh gosh. That's okay. Next week we're gonna get our first color TV. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So this um uh this movie we were just mentioning the movies that came out in 2002 and the horror movies. And I looked and I saw 28 days later came out also, and that came out in June of that year, and this ah. came out in May. And um I think those two are probably the best of the year. Yeah. That movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I have to go back and watch that one. That one was was pretty damn scary too, Michael. I have to I have to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have that on DVD in here. Do we have that, honey? We, oh, yeah, we do. Cool. Yeah. That that movie scared the fucking piss out of me. Oh my god. <laughs> that, I like I mean, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Igor. Well, I was just going to say, I like how this movie, when it starts off, you know, got the scene about the dog thing. And then um, um, and then you get to know the soldiers for a little bit. And it's not too long of a sequence until yeah. a fucking dead cow falls into the campsite. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? That was so random. And that, to me, is where the tension really begins in the movie, you know. And there's like one of them wants to just like run out and find whatever did it and shoot it. And they're all like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you're going to get yourself killed. Get back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out this 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 film, though, is that they they did. I mean, it was a horror film. Yes. But it was more or less a film about soldiers who were up against uh, another enemy. Like, I do. I, I don't want to compare it to like, you know, certain wars, but. I mean, so they tried to make the the werewolves as I don't want to say human, but they just tried to create them as not like the scary, horrible thing, but just another enemy, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
because they were already prepared because they were soldiers, you know, yeah. um, that's kind of cool to me, you know, that's smart, yeah. smart filmmaking, you know, like let, you know, that actually made me have my guard down a little bit and it actually caused me to jump more because I felt like, you know, I felt like I was a soldier. I got to know the characters, but the, the werewolf was not, like some supernatural force it was just like oh shit this is this you know now we're out here with this fucking enemy you know what i mean yeah yeah and it's it's um what makes it even scary at least for me is the fact that you've got these soldiers who are skilled they're skilled warriors they know yeah. their shit they can you know handle themselves in a in combat yet now they're going up against these monsters you know it's it'd be different if it was a bunch of annoying teenagers you can't wait to see them all get sliced to ribbons. But these guys, they they get you to know the characters at first. You kind of like them. And then now they're it's the same thing as you said, Michael. It's like Predator. They're thrust into the situation now where they're going up against something that is just ridiculously inhuman and, and almost impossible to defeat, you know? Yeah. I mean, and yeah. some of those kills looked very painful. Like, you know, when people were getting shot and, you know, um, Gosh, what was the name of that that war movie um, from the late '90s that that had very very good cinematography? Saving Private Ryan. We go. Yes, um, a lot of the cinematography, you know, for a lot of the the action sequences were very 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 much in that same vein, and I don't know why I feel like that. Um, I mean, I, I guess I feel like that was because it's more than a horror movie. It's an action movie, too. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like Aliens also, where you've got uh -huh. soldiers up against monsters. And I never thought about Alien, actually, as 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 an action movie. But you're right. It is. It totally was. <laughs> well, yeah. the second one. Yeah. Not so aliens. much the first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I like when they find... Um, they find Captain Ryan and all he can say was there was only supposed to be one. There was only supposed to be one, which I thought was cool because now all of a sudden there's this mystery, you know, wait, why is he saying that? What's going on here? He's special ops. Okay. You know, then I think they really set up a nice little kind of reveal throughout, you know, and then that sort of goes into what I was mentioning earlier is that he orchestrated it so that Cooper's troop or Cooper's unit would meet up with them because he thought Cooper was a wuss. Because he couldn't shoot the dog, and I think I think he wanted to see him get killed by werewolves and didn't realize he was going to lose all his own men and you know end up turning into one himself. Yeah, yeah. So there was a cool reference too. One of the soldiers referenced the Kobayashi Maru. Do you guys know what that is? No, uh, I've heard of it, but I can't recall. It's from Star Trek. It's just basically no. It's a no-win scenario that Starfleet officers have to take a, take as a test. Be, like Captain Kirk took it, but he he cheated. He rewired the computer so that he could win. And it's it's a test. It's an unwinnable situation. But it's a test of character. So yeah, yeah. I thought that was a cool throwaway line because that's kind of what these guys are up against, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, how did they, you know, they, how did they react under pressure when, they, when you've got, you know, two guys, one guy was going to go, and be the decoy and the other guy was going to go and try to hotwire the vehicle that was in like the shed or the barn or whatever the hell it was. And that's cool. You know, these guys were willing to, to do what it took to mm. try and save everybody if they could. Yeah. 
And, you know, and the sad part is, is that I think this movie would have actually done very well um, had it actually gotten a wider release. I don't know why. I mean, and I know you said that, you know, it's because of, you know, some of the the glitchiness and stuff like that. But I just don't know why we can't find, um, you know, these films actually even coming back, you know, to, to cinema now. Cause this, yeah. this, this would be, I'm just being serious. Like, and I missed that time so much. And I, I read about it, you know, cause I didn't grow up during that time where, you know, you could go to the movies to see, um, you know, older horror films that, you know, may not have, you know, been current, you know what I mean? But yeah. This is, this is, these are good Halloween films. And if I had, a movie studio, whatever, I would totally re-release this film just because I think it would really get more people's attention because it's not really like a horror film. I think it's actually more of like a disservice when you call it a horror film because it's really just a brave fucking action film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it again on at least according to IMDB, it is only in the I mean it's been released in tons of countries, but it, in the U.S., it's been released in 2002 a handful of times at film festivals, sure. and then it was released um, again in 2007 at the Little Rock Film Festival, and then it got a Blu-ray release in 2015. And it wasn't like super CGI heavy, which I appreciated. You know, right? It, I didn't. I didn't notice any CGI really. I didn't either. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it, like old fashioned old, and that's why we're still about this movie here is because of the the tactfulness with the the costume design and i mean it really does harken back to um you know like john landis's work like those guys really did impressive impressive work with i'm assuming probably no budget like i mean it, it wasn't like you get what i'm saying it's not like oh my god but i mean it was very it's still very good you know and yeah. it, it, so, yeah. 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 I think that for me, when I think of this movie, that's what I think of the most is the unique look of the werewolves. And I don't know if they went out of their way to find the tallest fucking people they could to be the werewolves, but they look huge in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, even when they do come into the house, a lot of the shots are looking up at them. And between the, the lankiness, uh, which is creepy in itself, and the... Um, the bushy, like, and the long snouts and everything. And anytime there's a close up of the face, to me, it looked pretty good. Like, the teeth to me looked like real teeth. They were just like slightly yellowed, like, not like, like, oh, this is a costume. The teeth are bright white, you know? Um, right. I, I, I thought, I thought, in, yeah, it wasn't CG. You could tell it was practical, but I thought they did a really great job of making the werewolves scary. And, they didn't talk or do like we didn't see the werewolves conferring with each other or anything, but they were just relentless. They just kept coming and coming. And yeah. um, I, I liked that a lot. And I, and I think that actually my, might've been why the movie did not succeed here because in 2002, even, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, uh, underworld again, you know, those fucking wolves were talking and, and that's what made it absurd. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the one, Mike, that we just covered? Oh, Cursed, where the werewolf yeah. like turns and gives the finger. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, you're not really, you're just in a different body. You're not really 
wolfing out, you know? Right. <laughs> but I got to say one thing. We're, we're all kind of speculating about why it may not have done as well or gotten as much attention and people tend to forget about it. I, I got to say part of it is probably the title. Like Dog Soldiers just doesn't, I don't know, if unless you've seen the trailer, you don't think werewolves, right? So it just sounds a little odd. Well, that's, that's why I've been Private Ryan. Like, I feel like they were really trying to go for that. Like, it was a horror movie, but I feel like the horror came mm. second and the action was first. Yeah. But I also think if they had somehow <laughs> appealed, like, I think it would have gotten a lot more traction if horror fans had locked onto it earlier, um, which a lot of them, I think, may not have because it doesn't sound right away like, a wolf movie. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, I wonder what the rationale was behind that. Um, to find anything out, why they decided to name it uh, Dog Soldiers? No, it didn't say in the. Um, well, I can look it up there. I was just looking at the numbers. I guess. Um, yeah, it only made fifty eight thousand in its box office relief release. So, um, but then it, the um, video sales. When it came out on Blu-ray, made um, I don't know why it's just lists Blu-ray sales here, but it made three hundred thirty-eight thousand. And I'm trying to see if it tells me what the budget was. Uh, okay, hold on, box office. Yeah. And you know, else also too, what I just realized and just plopped me over the damn head, guys. Isn't this the director of Hellraiser? I don't think so. Um, no, because this was his directorial debut. Really? Yeah. I think, I right. Think Clive Barker, well, he wrote it. I don't know if he directed Hellraiser. There it is. No, that's 2022. Here we go, 1987. Uh, it was directed by, oh, yeah, it was directed by Clive Barker. So, yeah, definitely wasn't um, this okay. guy here. I don't know what he did for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, he um like I said, this guy it was his uh, his first movie and he he had done um uh uh I guess oh I guess I didn't really look up what else he had done. <laughs> so let me do that real quick here. Oh wow, geez, I wish I really did look up his um his filmography. He directed The Descent from two thousand and five, which oh, um, Mike Hill has stepped away for a moment, but um uh, me and him watched that when it first came out on DVD, and at, we were screaming like schoolgirls through that movie. <laughs> that was a, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't see that movie actually until I think maybe like a year or two ago. Uh, my spouse uh, showed it to me. It was really, really good. Like that was really scary, and that doesn't surprise me actually that he made this. Yeah, yeah. There. They're both, both, both brilliant, brilliant works. Oh, yeah. That movie is scary as shit. Oh, really? I think I want to watch that this evening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. He's got a couple of movies coming up. Duchess and Compulsion. I don't know what those are. But he did, um, he did the remake of Hellboy. Um, he directed two episodes of the Lost in Space reboot that was on Netflix, I think. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That was enjoyable. That was 2018. Um, oh, we directed some episodes of Constantine, the TV show. about. Um, oh, and Game of Thrones. Wow. So he's just prolific. He's been very busy. Yeah, yeah. 
I guess he did Brand a Death. Oh, it was a short in 1992. And then, yeah, so Dog Soldiers was his feature directorial debut in 2002. But that's pretty pretty cool. I'm going to just want to see if um, I can find out why why they named it Dog Soldiers. Oh, yeah, okay. So uh, this has nothing to do with the naming of the film, but it's the, I was looking at the homages that are in it, which is there's H.D. Wells, um, mm. The Evil Dead, which I didn't... I guess I kind of see that, but Zulu, I don't know if you ever saw that movie with Michael Caine. No. It's about these British soldiers going up against an army of Zulu warriors, and it's just insane. It's like um, it's like those fights in Braveheart, you know? It's just this insanity going on. Um, it also mentions Aliens, uh, The Matrix, I'm not quite sure how, but then it mentions, uh, it pays homage to Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which is where the Kobayashi Maru was first mentioned. I get that, yeah. I get that one. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, he wrote the draft. He wanted the focus to be on the soldiers, uh, with the creatures. The enemies happen to be werewolves, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, there's nothing, at least in a cursory search, uh, about it. They were supposed to make a sequel to it, but for whatever reason that fell through. And um, What's his name? Neil said, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think if, you know, it would, I don't know. I think now would be a good time for a sequel. I think there's a lot of interest still for this this film. Yeah. I mean, I... Go ahead. I think more people have probably actually seen it now than when it first came out, you know? It's just, I feel like it's a cult classic because, you know, just in preparation for, you know, today's show, you know, just asking around and... Um, you know, talking to, you know, my old sociology professor, you know, we used to watch stuff like this in school, actually, to try and figure out, you know, what is society actually telling us? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this film is really regarded as a cult classic, I guess, because it has just gone to have a, a second life. You know, like when I watched it, I was surprised to see how many stars there were. And there were like over 24,000 stars um, on the Voodoo platform, which is, you know, like a movie you know, right. rental. Yeah. So I was really shocked. I'm like, huh. Indi- this is an indie film, but it's got like 30,000 stars. Okay. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess it, the working title in the UK was um, Night of the Werewolves. So at some point they decided to change it to Dog Soldiers. And that's probably why it did better over there than over here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 338000 I would love to know what the budget is. I can't seem to, I'm on, on the numbers.com and I can't seem to find it. But um, they, the, the, what's the name? The chick shows up and the soldiers get into her car and they go to this, I guess it's a random farmhouse. Like yeah. It was totally random, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because obviously, yeah, as we'll find out later, she planned that. But um, so they hole up there because I mean, there was a fire that was lit in there that was still going. I think there was something, something on the stove that was still hot. And that was a and that was a twist that I didn't expect. I didn't expect her to like, you know. Oh, yeah. we're spoiling for people. That's OK. <laughs> we'll all right. At the beginning. So, Mike, are you back? Yes, I'm back. Sorry, I had to run downstairs and check something, but it's that's all good. OK. I was just telling Dantes we looked it up and um the it was the working title in England was called um 
what did I say it was called? Uh, I forgot. Night of the Werewolves, I think. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Night of the Werewolves. So um, we can't find anything on why it was called Dog Soldiers. Obviously, they changed it. I mean, I think it's a cool title, but yeah, it doesn't give away what the movie's about. Mm. So. Yeah, not at all. I mean, it really, but that's why I, I, I said, you know, I really feel like in their minds, you know, they really believed it to be, you know, just uh, a kick-ass action movie because of how they they created the interactions between the soldiers and the werewolves. It wasn't like a, um, you know, the typical interaction, you know, that, that one would have because these are soldiers. So that yeah. I feel like that's the route they were trying to go, but they sh- totally, totally should have went with the British title instead of Dog Soldiers here. Well, I just found a website. It's 32 things that we learned about this movie from the director. And it says that um, uh, he said, I don't know, somewhere somebody put on Wikipedia, I guess that's since gone, that it was called The Last Stand was the working title. But he said that he never heard that before. It's always been called Dog Soldiers from the very beginning. Um, One of the producers lobbied for a title change to Night of the Werewolves, but he fought against it. Um. So... Hmm. That question. Because I remember, I think I remember Roger, you telling me that there's a werewolf movie called Dog Soldiers that I want to see or that I want us to watch or something you had said at the time. And I remember my first reaction was Dog Soldiers. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, well, wait, what? Huh? What? And did you notice, speaking of which, the dog that was in the movie, he, he kind of came in handy once in a while because he would, you know, bark if something was approaching, but. He pretty much didn't do anything. He like was a terrible watchdog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty useless. Oh but he was God. cute. I oh wow, this is cool. Jason Statham was actually cast in the lead role for the year leading up to the production, but he dropped out in order to shoot John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars and was replaced by Kevin McKidd. Which that would have been interesting, him kung fu fighting with the <laughs> with the Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a totally different movie. I mean, that, you know, I would pay to see that, though. If they did, like, a sequel where he's in it going up against werewolves, that would be cool. It's funny. <laughs> the scene where Sean Pertwee basically gets his stomach torn open, and he's like, my guts are out! <laughs> and he fucking survives. But there's a reason for that, because he gets slashed uh, by the werewolf, which that I remembered what I was going to say now. I, I noticed they were werewolves no matter what time of day it was. Like, at the beginning of the yeah. movie, it was daytime. Yeah. Which I didn't understand because then later on, they're like, well, we have to wait till the full moon goes down. And maybe it was just the full moon itself and not. I, you know, yeah. I kind of like the stories where the full moon is not necessarily a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like during the full moon, they're more feral and more frenzied, but they can change at other times or something like that. I'm okay with that. But to say that they can only change during the full moon, it's like, well, all right. If the story is about how the person is like suffering with the affliction, yeah, then okay. It'll be once in a while because if you had voluntary control over it, it wouldn't be a story. But yeah, but I like that too, Roger. I like that they were changing. But I got to say the guy getting his guts ripped out and then surviving and not only surviving, but like. He was up like after a little while, he was up running around and helping them do stuff. And I was like, oh, come on. Like he would have he would have de- been dead within 10 minutes. Like you just you can't if your shit falls out of your body. You, uh, so he know. was healing because he was turning into a werewolf. 
Yeah, that's questionable. Yeah, I don't buy that. I, yeah. I think if you get the 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 thing, I mean, maybe that's what they wanted in the movie. But I'm just saying, werewolf. Generally, it, the thing is, if you get bitten or scratched by a werewolf and you survive, then you become a werewolf. But not like in the midst of the injury. Right. And that made that really questionable as hell. Yeah. I mean, I, it may have been what they wanted in the movie, but it, for me, it just didn't compute. And there's a point where, you know, on, on that same level where what's his name? Leading up to what you had mentioned about one of the um, one of the soldiers puking, the dog is pulling on Pertwee's guts <laughs> while the yes, oh my god, <laughs> and they were like, oh, whatever the dog's name, oh no 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 no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ooh, a toy. And then the guy, of course, sees that, and it, it, I thought, I mean, yeah, I hate seeing people puke, and I did notice at a certain point about twenty years ago, all of a sudden they decided. It's yeah. okay to show people throwing up on screen. Yeah, and they just overdo it now. It's like yeah. Jesus. Um, but then later on, when he, when um, he's healing up, he, I think what's his name? Cooper asks him how he's doing. He's like, "Oh, a touch of gas," and the fact that various body parts are trying to vacate the premises. Bloody terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh. Oh man! So I looked this up. Remember the um, Cooper glues his stomach together, glues his stomach shut. And yes. they said, or the, I think the chick says, oh, it was invented in Vietnam or something. It technically, the superglue was discovered during World War II, but then military doctors used it in Vietnam um, to capitalize on the adhesive properties, and it, it ended up really saving a lot of lives, which is kind of cool because most soldiers, when they get injuries off base, they end up bleeding out before they can get proper care. Yeah, and you can't like take the time to sew it up or whatever. Yeah. But I gotta say that's a that's a pet peeve that I have about other movies too. Is a lot of times people have these like deep wounds of, of one form or another, and they just sew it up or they close up the outer skin, and then they're like, "Okay, we're fine," you know. And I'm like, "No, you're not fine. You still have all this destroyed like tissue and <laughs> things that have been moved around and severed inside your body. Like, yeah, your skin is closed up." But I mean, it just happens in so many movies, and I'm like, wait a minute! Just because you closed his skin doesn't mean he's back to normal, like good as new, you know? Right. But yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being really negative today, but I have a lot of pet peeves. Yeah. Apparently, that's okay, Nelly. <laughs> what? I said it's okay, Nelly. Negative Nelly. <laughs> negative Nelly. Yeah. Negative Nancy. Did you guys watch it with the subtitles? Oh God. No. 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 Oh okay. Because um, I always watch, um, I watch everything with subtitles, whether it's... Sometimes I do, especially yeah. if it's late at night, I'll put them on, yeah. This was a good one. I mean, I, I'm pretty good with the British accent because, you know, growing up watching a lot of British comedies and stuff. But um, I was glad to have it because there were a lot of little details, the things that they were saying that I wasn't quite catching, but I was... Oh, and the, but the yeah. subtitles were like ahead, too. So I that was kind of screwing off my viewing. <laughs> and the, and the, wasn't there at least one character who was Scottish? I thought they all were, um, though. Maybe they were all British. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you said they were British soldiers in Scotland. Oh, right. I don't know, but Scottish is a lot harder to figure out, that, to listen to, than regular British accent. Yeah. Mm, I agree. But we did new, new uh, we did learn a new use of a word here, bone. It's, it's basically the same as bollocks. <laughs> 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 bollocks. Very important British vocabulary. It's very. Remember, bad. in high school, a friend of mine had a because there there used to be a punk band called the Sex Pistols, I guess. Yeah. And uh, he had a shirt that said, "Never mind the bollocks, we're the Sex Pistols." 
And <laughs> I was so fucking clueless in high school. And I was like, what's bollocks? And he and like two of my other friends kind of looked at me and I was like, what? And he goes, it means uh, bullshit. Never mind the bullshit. And I was like, oh, okay. And I walked away. <laughs> like later on, I found out what it meant. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, and but, it sort of reminded me also too of like a, I think it was, a, I think it, this is an intelligent film. Like it, 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 Really, I think it's set out to be like a B movie film, you know, right. in, in that tradition of, um, you know, those old, you know, horror B movies, you know, and and that is what, at least for me, I think that the takeaway, you know, for me on on this one here, um, it, it, you know, they they go out for a training exercise and then they end up struggling, you know, and acting like soldiers, <laughs> right. <laughs> like when they talk about how little ammunition they have left, too. That's you know, that was cool. How many, you know, how many bullets do we have left? For this gun, we have this. We have fourteen over here. We got six rounds and five rounds in this pistol. And yeah, and that's and, something we would do in a, in a role playing game if we were in a situation we'd have yeah. to be accountable for how many how much ammo we had left. You know? Yeah. Right. Totally. I got. Uh, vibes of like Night of the Living Dead and a little bit of uh, Evil Dead 2 where they were in the house and the shit was coming in trying to break in from the outside um, I thought that was really cool like it kind of reminded me of those other movies yeah we kind of I was looking it up and we saw um, that there were a lot of homages in this some of which I didn't get um, but then some of like they said there were homages to the Matrix which I didn't really see that but they mentioned Evil Dead and Star Trek 2 um, oh, and there's a screenshot of the dog pulling on his intestines. <laughs> Jesus. God. And one of them, one or two of the werewolves got into the house at one point, right? On the second floor? Yeah. And then I guess they got killed right away. But that was interesting that they actually got in at one point, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Whenever uh, the, you know, they threw the hot water at them or they did something that, that like pushed them back, like they, the camera, the, the, the viewpoint of the film never jumped to the outside to show the werewolves like stepping back and reacting and da 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 because it wasn't about them. It was about the soul. It was from the soldier's point of view. This right. stuff coming at them, you know, which I thought was cool. Which which kind of gives me the vibe of um, uh, oh god, my brain. I don't know if it's in the air today or what. What's the um the John Carpenter film? Oh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yes. Where it's the cops hold up and, and you know, the bad guys are just That's for, awesome for no movie. reason. They just insane bad guys are attacking. That's a great movie. Yeah. It is just for no reason, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, everybody freaks out in the same oh, way. So there was another line in here talking about on the same lines as, uh, uh, you know, British slang. Um, Pertwee says, I'm fucking bent. And it reminded me because I used to love the show. It's um, it was only two seasons, and I highly recommend it. It's called Life on Mars, and it's about this cop that ends up in 1973. Yeah, that and was awesome. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, it's so good, and it's so funny because the whole the way they did things back then is nowhere is completely different than the way they do things now. And he's horrified yeah. by what happens, but um, but he he one of the lines in that show is he's like, "I'm not a bent copper," meaning he's not a corrupt police officer. And what that comes from is, and I kind of figured this out on my own, but I looked it up just to confirm it. But they call cops coppers because they used to have copper buttons on their uniforms. Yeah. yeah I knew and that. so if yeah. one of them got bent, it was a bent copper. 
So oh. that's where that comes from. But it also bent. means corrupt. You're bent. I didn't know that. Yeah. I always also heard people say get bent like kind of a way of saying fuck off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Get bent. Yeah, bent. I think I used that in the past year. I never realized I knew the copper thing, but I didn't know about the bent. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. I'm not a bent copper. But um yeah, so Pertree goes, I'm fucking bent <laughs> at one point. Which I don't know if he quite meant meant it that way or not, or maybe maybe he literally physically, you know, because he's injured. So yeah, I just maybe saw he this meant, thing. like I'm screwed. Yeah. yeah. Now, I just saw this on that page I looked up about the 32 things that we learned about this movie. Um, I guess we were kind of wrong. Apparently, the script originally called for the dog to pull on his intestines, but the director changed it so that he's pulling on the bandage. And then there's a quote here from him, but the reaction is that people either think it's the intestines anyway or they think it's the bandage is bad enough and they're still grossed out. Yeah. So (laughs) it it seems a little it's it's a little less revolting to me (laughs) now. Yeah, yeah. And you would think that if the dog did pull on his intestines, he would be in a lot worse shape after that. Because it would rearrange more of the shit inside his body if the intestine got pulled. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Michael, I remember now what we were going to say. This guy also directed The Descent. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's another movie that maybe pissed my pants. Yeah, I was telling I was telling Dante's, yeah, you and me watched it and we were screaming like schoolgirls. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, especially that first reveal when the girl turns around and the creature is like four inches from her face and yeah. oh my god. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I jumped off the couch. I think at the end of that movie I turned to you and I said, Yeah, uh remind me never to go cave exploring. <laughs> no way. My roommate is, I don't know if he's like partly claustrophobic or what, but anytime we see a movie where somebody crawls into a small space or into goes into a cave or something like that, he starts going, no, no, uh-huh, no, oh, hell no, no, get out of there, don't, no. <laughs> like, no way, you would not, you couldn't get me there if you paid me. That's funny. That's funny. He also directed um, uh, the remake of Hellboy from 2019 which was you know the guy that um the sheriff from stranger things played hellboy i never saw that one was it good it was good you almost did i mean they could have just continued the story there was no need to sort of remake it and it's not really a remake i guess it's more of a reboot but still Hmm. i mean why can't it just be like james bond you just cast a new guy in the role and continue on with as it's been developed you know Right. Yeah. So let's see what else is there. Oh yeah. Oh, I do need. I do get the Matrix reference because I wrote it in my notes. Duh. Um, one of the characters' name was Spoon, and at one point, somebody oh. after he gets killed, he goes, "There is no spoon." Oh Jesus! And oh. I wrote Matrix reference next to it. You're right. There was something recently where I felt like there were a lot of Matrix. Oh, you know what it was, and I didn't talk about this at the time. It was the Wolfman. Um. That uh, and I thought, oh, it's interesting that that uh, uh, fucking Agent Smith there. What's his name? The oh, actor's name. I always forget his name. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. <clears throat> that Hugo Weaving was in the the, the Wolfman remake with um, uh, Benicio del Toro. And I remember thinking, I mean, he wasn't the main character, but anyway, I remember thinking in certain moments that, like, when the werewolf was like running across the rooftops and being shot at, it's like there were moments and shots where I was like, "Oh, that was kind of Matrixy." 
like two, there was like three of them in there. And I didn't, I didn't talk about it when we discussed the movie, but I remember noticing it. Oh, that's okay. Um, I did like though, even though they didn't really get into too many werewolf tropes here that, um, ultimately what's his name? Cooper finds the silver letter opener and is able to kill the, the final, the final girl werewolf, which spoiler alert, folks, the chick in this turns out to be a werewolf. Which I know was cool, like the initial transformations, like it was what's his name, Private uh, Sergeant Ryan. There, I almost called him Private yeah. Ryan. Um, <laughs> he, you, he's sitting at the table talking, and if you look carefully, his eyes change color. Yeah, and, and then, then his teeth start to change. Yeah, and then he sinks. I thought it was a little like overly cinematic. He he sinks down behind the table, and all the other people just standing there waiting and like looking over the edge. I'm like. Uh, run, <laughs> you know, and then he stands up, and they're like, "Whoa, <laughs> guys!" While he's transforming, get the fuck out of there. But I guess he was the first person they they saw change, so they didn't know for sure. I guess, yeah. That, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Something Spencer said in one of the shows we did recently was that you don't know, um, you know, when coming from a real world perspective, you don't expect that. So they right, knew there was creatures attacking, but they didn't know he was going to turn into one. So they right. just sort of were like, uh. But I mean, to, to stand there instead of to like walk around the table to see what was going on. Like, I, I, it was a little bit like, I don't know. I think that happens yeah. in a lot of movies where people don't do what they would naturally do. They just sort of stand there because they need a dramatic moment to happen or something. But right, right. Did um, they establish that the silver letter opener was there earlier in the movie? Or did it just like appear? I don't recall Dante's. I think it just appeared. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's kind of that was convenient. Yeah, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh look, I I just happened to find it. Would be funny if he thought it was silver and then it wasn't. <laughs> right, it was plastic. Or something. <laughs> Whoops. Oh my god. I get some of those antimicrobial socks that have like the silver threads in them. Yeah. Put them over your hands and start punching the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Got me silver gloves on. So, correct me if I'm wrong. I just want to make sure I understood exactly what was going on here. So, the chick and everyone in her town were werewolves. And that's why there was a fire in the fireplace and there was something on the stove. Um, because they had all actively turned into it. And she... She was pretending to be, or, or in her human form, she was this sort of animal zoologist, whatever, researcher. And she was going to meet with Sergeant Ryan and his team. But then she basically set he was setting up Cooper and his team to be killed by what he thought was just one werewolf. And then she lured him in, I think... That she had she had information about the werewolf, but then they attacked his team and killed everybody. Is that right. accurate? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm. Oh, go ahead, Dante. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just agreeing. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, at a certain point, it was just like werewolves versus people, and yeah, I I knew she, I knew it by the end that she had sort of suckered them into coming in. But honestly, Raj, I didn't even catch the part that you mentioned. Uh, from the beginning, where Sergeant Ryan was trying to lure um, the other soldier in because he thought he was a wuss. I didn't catch yeah. that. Uh, I'm sure it was right in front of me, but I, I just I didn't catch it. Right, um, right. 
was going to say something else too. What was it? Oh, it's interesting. At the end, she didn't she say something to the guy about this is why you shouldn't automatically trust women or something. She said that right to him. I like, think so. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. just trust women because you know you think they're cute or or I, I don't know what it was. She was like, "You idiot!" <laughs> right. Like, and then they, there was a scene in the they were in the house and he they were like debating about giving her a gun. I think, and then he gave her a gun, and I was like, "Uh oh, like <laughs> that's probably not going to end well." Right. <laughs> and but. you know, we had talked about I don't know uh, what order this is going to be airing in, but we had talked about um um. Werewolves Within, and I found the female character all of a sudden to be very similar to the one in that movie. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. So. It's kind of cool in a way because you don't, you know, I, I, I think Dante's was saying something about this earlier, or maybe on that episode we were talking about uh, Werewolves Within, that you don't, you don't nest, even though like in a murder mystery or whatever, you always try to find like the least likely person is probably the murderer. But she, you know, I just really didn't expect it to be her. In, I'm talking about werewolves within. Um, yeah, just because I don't know, she was such a cute little woman, you know, and I just didn't expect it. But then when she did change, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, like. Yeah, not the first yeah. movie to have a female werewolf, but still kind of cool because it wasn't, you know, the obvious thing, <laughs> like the crazy guy, like the like you would think it would have been like one of the other nasty characters or whatever because there was a fair a fair selection of assholes in that town that it could have been, but it turned out to be her. <laughs> the news lady's turning into a werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> honey, turn that off. <laughs> oh no, she doesn't say turn it off. She says like that's impossible or something. Is it? It's from the howling. Right? I forget now. Yeah, the howling. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I forget. Me too. I love the howling. Yeah. Mommy, mommy, Frisky was stuck in a tree, and this man swooped out of the sky and gave him to me. Haven't I told you to I... stop telling lies? <laughs> Slap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, all right, Dantes. What movie was that from? Oh my God, I don't know. What was it? Superman with Christopher Reeve. Wait, say it again. Mike, do it again. The girl goes in the house with her cat and says, "Mommy, mommy, Frisky was stuck in a tree, and this man swooped out of the sky and gave him to me." And the mother I... goes, "Haven't I told you to stop telling lies?" No. <laughs> <Smacks>. <laughs> Speaking of Christopher Reeve, God, we're all over the place on the show. That's, cool. oh, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> uh, I forgot what movie it was that I was watching. Oh, The Flash. I got so emotional in The Flash, right? When yeah. I saw Christopher Reeve, I did. And I was in here shouting. Yeah. My spouse was looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, oh, shit, man. Oh my God! It's Christopher Reeve. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, no, man. <laughs> you don't understand. Oh, that was so man. good. Yeah. And they had George Reeves there. They even had the Nicolas Cage Superman that never I happened. Loved it. I loved it. Like you could tell that they like had done their homework, and it just it 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 made me just feel warm and fuzzy all over. <laughs> yeah. That that movie surprised me how good it was. You, yeah, you know, it's so sad that, uh, um, gosh, that kid couldn't, couldn't, it, 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 yeah, the movie was good, but see, what sort of killed it, I think, also, too, was all of the stuff he was getting into, and, I, you know, I really was worried that they were going to pull the plug on that film because of all the trouble. the actor who played the Flash? Yeah. yeah. Is he, what's his name? 
uh, uh, Ezekiel, no, the annoying kid, Ezra Miller, yeah, Ezra Miller, yeah. uh, the annoying guy. Sorry, the annoying kid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good actor, annoying kid. Would I want to hang out with him? Probably not. I'd want to no. just lock myself in a closet. I couldn't deal with uh, or him. No, I couldn't. But um, but yeah, the movie was done very. I think honestly, and and you guys probably will shoot me for this, but this easily hands down that was the best movie in the dc canon live action period <laughs> yeah yeah i, need to see I read it. a thing recently where they said they somehow lost all the footage of aquaman 2 what <laughs> how the hell does that happen oh uh, like deleted it accidentally or something i guess but i mean well, no, you there think- I go at, at uh warner brothers man they're canceling projects they're burning up shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like they're losing their minds over there. So anyways, um, one last thing I wanted to mention about this was um, uh, Dog Soldiers was that during the end credits, did you guys see they, they were showing some of the pictures yeah. that the chick took? Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> and then there's a newspaper headline with a picture of Cooper, and it's the title is Werewolf Ate My Platoon. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the titles were really funny. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I I I want to gosh. And I really am so grateful for you having me on the show. I've learned so much about like this was definitely not a movie I would have watched on my own just because of um yeah, the trailer was not um yeah, it wasn't <laughs> It didn't like I thought like I thought it would have been like just a bad horror film. But like I said, it was just a, a really good fucking kick ass action movie. And I want to go back now and try and watch it again and notice some of the things that I didn't catch the first time. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it again. And I was really trying my hardest to get a chance to watch it again before we did today's show. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um and there was another movie that um, I think we talked about that I didn't watch. I didn't watch the original Wolfman um, until after I watched the remake with uh, Benicio Del Toro because I had right. reference material there, too. Um, and now, actually, and, and, you know, thinking about, you know, the, the connection between all of these films, the privilege, though about this is being able to see the different variations of werewolf, the different presentations of it. Like we have literally done, you know, films from, you know, 50 years ago, all the way to now. So we have seen, you know, the different variations of what a werewolf looks like. And I love how each director brings something specific to it. Like, you know, with this film, I thought, you know, the werewolf was very hound-like, you know, didn't have a lot of fur. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it, it was a werewolf of Scotland, you know what I mean? Uh, right. And even the Wolfman, like looking at, you know, the original Wolfman film that we watched, um, and even the the remake, I, I looked at that and I say, okay, well, when I look at that Wolfman, that Wolfman to me actually looks more like a dog than the yeah. wolf and the dog soldiers. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> so would you guys say in this movie they're nerewolves? Oh. 
<laughs> oh, 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 God, man. Quite possibly. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, because they're, I mean, or maybe they had cancer. I mean, <laughs> you know, it would be funny is if like they went into the, the bathroom and there was like a shit ton of like straight razors and shaving cream all over the. <laughs> <laughs> we shave our bodies every week. <laughs> Oh, man. I just got a weird image in my head now of a werewolf that has no hair on its head, but the rest of its body's hairy. Gosh, <laughs> wow, dude. And that's a Scottish werewolf for you, man. I mean. <laughs> I really loved the violence level in the remake, the Wolf, the Wolfman remake. It was so, like, yeah. if I was going to make a werewolf movie, that's how I would do it. Just fucking body parts going left and right. I, I love did. that. Yes, thank God. Fine. Yeah, because I loved it. I loved when the hand flew across the... I was like, Yes! Yes, uh, rip that shit off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, too funny. All right, so final thoughts on this movie, uh, Dantes. Did I guess you kind of already gave your final thoughts on it? Do you have anything more you want to say? I really want everybody to go out there and watch this movie. I mean, you will not be disappointed at all. Like I said, I would not have watched this movie if it were not for Rigor here. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. It, it, it really is a cult classic um i give this movie honestly i'm gonna give it like a nine and a half just because of the kick butt action the acting was very 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 superb i'm surprised that they were even able to get the level of talent that they had for it being what a three hundred thirty thousand dollar film right rigor no that's how much they made we don't know what the budget was <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, I, I love it. And this is definitely a part of one of my Halloween classics now. Excellent. Excellent. Michael. Um, yeah, I, I've only seen it twice. Um, I'm not sure that I love it enough to, to watch it, you know, multiple times in the future, but this version of the, I mean, I, I like the, the, the soldier characters and the camaraderie and the, them being trapped in the house and everything. I think it's very creepy and, and scary and does a really good job of um, forcing characters who don't necessarily like each other into a situation where they have to depend on each other. And I also like that the werewolves in the movie were just like kind of what Dante said before. They weren't necessarily individuals except for one or two that you know, toward the end. They were just like this force of nature that they had to deal not just not force of nature like a hurricane, but they were just like this this thing that lives out here, and you have to deal with it now. And they didn't get into like individual personalities of the wolves or them figuring out how to get into the house or anything like that. It was just like this that scenario for me is kind of like nightmare fuel, like being in a, being trapped and having like a dozen things on the outside trying to get in and kill you, and. Um, I really, really, I will always keep that picture in my mind of the design of the werewolves and how tall they were. And they just were really creepy and unnatural. And I really, but at the same time, I think they did a really realistic job with the heads and the snouts and everything and the teeth. So yeah, it's very, very cool. I, it's like, uh, it's almost like, it's almost like the werewolves themselves stand out to me more than more than the plot of the story like that just uh i don't know what i'm saying like the more like the the atmosphere of the movie and the the threat and everything is is stays locked in my head more than like oh i remember this character and that character even though like dante said the acting was very good 
So yeah, I don't give number ratings, but um, it's great. I was glad to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, same here. Before I, I give my opinion, um, the I found out the budget was two point three million pounds, which at the time was considered a low budget film. Um, but the director said that these days the description wouldn't apply to that. Um, but that's the equivalent of two point eight million U.S. dollars. Okay. So that was the budget. So its return was not very good. If the numbers website is to be believed. Um, so yeah, so I, I forgot how awesome this movie is. I don't know why it keeps falling out of my head. It's like I said, every time I watch it, it's like for the first time I've forgotten everything in it. So I'm surprised every time. Um, but it's it's yeah, it's gripping. It's 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 scary. It's action packed. It's entertaining. Um, you know, full of hairless werewolves, and I fucking love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I highly recommend this. I mean, it, it is gruesome, but you know, I think folks know what they're getting into if they watch the trailer for this movie. So yeah, and it's it's not easy to come up with a new interpretation of how to present a creature that's half wolf and half man. But I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, thanks again for joining me, guys. And uh, Dantes, I forgot to ask you on our other show, and maybe I'll just take this and, and what you say here and use it again on that one. But can you tell the folks at home where to find you online and your music? Uh, yeah, sure. You guys can uh, go to uh, facebook.com slash Dantes Alexander me or instagram.com slash Dantes Alexander. Or you can go to Spotify and just put in Dantes. I am he and you shall find me <laughs> awesome awesome i am he and thanks a lot yeah <laughs> thanks a lot guys okay all right bye guys take it easy thanks well folks that's all the time we have for today's episode of this year's 13 days of hallotober don't forget to check out our website at havenpodcasts.com where you'll find our other shows, The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers Kung Fu films and spaghetti westerns from the 60s to the 80s, and The Cult Movie Lounge where we talk about all cult movies all the time. And check out our live monthly streaming show, Fright Lounge, in which the best horrorologists in town discuss horror media for the seasoned horror fan, as well as introducing newbies to the genre. And at our website, you can also find my blogs, Then Is Now, The Films of John Saxon, and Horror Films of the 1970s. If you like what you're hearing, please go to wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a great review so that other listeners can find us. Thank you for joining us today, and have a wonderful October. Now podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.